0: Paranormal Chicks. Episode 31. Yes. And we're going to have some fun. No? No. Didn't work? (laughs) Oh, well. I tried. (laughs) Okay. So, we saw A Star is Born. Y'all. First of all, I had no idea what I was getting into. Like, I'd never seen any of the other ones. I knew nothing about the movie. All I knew is it had Lady Gaga, so I was in. (laughs) Yeah. Balled my fucking eyes out. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm talking ugly cried. Yeah, all three of us. We were the last in the theater, like, laughing because we were crying so much. When the credits rolled and everybody started getting up and leaving, in a bawling, ugly cry, I told Donna and Tiffany, I was like... (laughs) I just, I need a minute. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, the movie was great. Yeah, the movie Me was Me crying was great. so bad. Legit, I was, like, not okay the rest of the day. Yeah. Like, how emotional I had gotten. Like, I had to take headache medicine. I cried so hard. <laughs> and then, I,
1: if you, well, I'm on Spotify, but we need to make a, like, playlist and stuff. But, I don't know how to do all that. It, well, I'll YouTube it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I have listened to that soundtrack on repeat. And I listened to it that night and it made me sad. It was yes. like it just was so amazing. Yeah. It was it's so good. Like the soundtrack. Uh-huh. It it
0: pairs with it so it's like just passionate. Yeah. That's what I can say about that they movie. did. They both did such a great job. And it was like, every scene, we would be like, oh, I love him or oh, I love her. Like, when people yeah, would all come in. little
1: supporting actors. Mm-hmm. Huge
0: cast. Look, give them all the awards. If they don't win. Everything. It's I'm, rigged. Yeah, I'm going to be <laughs> really mad. <laughs> it was really good. We're not going to tell y'all anymore because, well, go yeah. see it. Go see that. And Sunday, fingers crossed, well... We would
1: have already done this by the time you're listening, but fingers crossed, we're going to see Halloween.
0: I'm super excited. I was thinking what the theme music is and I was like I couldn't like I couldn't think of the music to do it. Yeah. And so that didn't work. Okay. Fail, but I hope we get to go see it. Yes. Oh, okay. One more thing before we get to the stories. Yes. We have New Patreoners to shout out. So, thank you, Terry S. Jessica H. Valerie AB. Caroline B. Stacey L. Erin F. And Tawny F. Yes, Y'all are the best!
1: All of those are new Patreoners besides Valerie AB, and
0: she upped her pledge. Also, can we just talk about the fact that one is from Singapore and one is from Norway. Right. Remember that last episode or whatever it was and I was like, hey, how you send mail to the we about to find out. Yeah. I was like, we never found out and I don't know what to do. Donna said, do we just use the forever stamp? And I was like, Mm-mm-mm. I think we're gonna have to go in on this one. <laughs> we're gonna have to go in and be like, um, excuse me sir, we're idiots and never learned how to use the postal service. Can you dumb this down for us? Oh, God. So, yay, we get to figure it out, but (laughs) holy crap.
1: Yes. Like, over the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. For everyone. Okay. We're excited. So, thank y'all all all for being Patreoners. We are traveling to Cleveland, Ohio. Ooh. We getting fancy.
0: Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland rocks.
1: Why do you have to take away my joke in a minute? Damn. Like, I write this whole fucking thing out. (laughs) And Carrie
0: just, whoop, Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) Fucks it all up. Speaking of, when we were at the movies, we saw a poster for the new Wreck-It Ralph (laughs) coming out. And it is Wreck-It Ralph Wrecks the Internet. It's so true. I was like, Carrie, that is you. Yes. Because technology hates me. For y'all in
1: the Patreoners gang, aka the creepinati, they know because when we try to do video chats mm-hmm. and all that shit. Oh my god! When well, we do the watch parties, the watch party Carrie then- six people. <laughs> I'm like Carrie, you're taking over my whole fucking screen. <laughs> oh lord! We're every time,
0: every time someone's like, "Oh shit, there's another Carrie." <laughs> oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> It's not that she's being extra. It's not that serious. It is. Well, they don't aren't that serious about it.
1: They are. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, back me up on this. Valerie does it every time. She was like, "Oh shit, here we go."
0: <laughs> I can't see. There's so many of me. That <laughs> my screen. screen's going black, so <laughs> I missed that whole conversation.
1: Oh shit. Okay. So, Cleveland, Ohio. Cue Carrie not saying any fucking thing so I can do my fucking <laughs> joke and again we getting fancy up in here because it is a castle
0: (gasps) yes make me a princess (laughs) okay it is located at 4308 franklin boulevard is that an even or an odd number even (laughs) she had to look it back at her paper oh my god
1: (laughs) you know i don't know
0: math y'all I don't know. I knew it was going to throw you off because it was the 43. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, so that's all I had to ask because that's fucking funny.
1: Well, don't try to mind fuck me over here.
0: <laughs> Picture it.
1: This is a house,
0: but they call it a castle. Does it have a moat? No. A drawbridge.
1: Fuck, no. Why don't you just go and be an architect? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, my next thing was like a gargoyle, a hunchback. Again, stop guessing. No. (laughs) It
1: has a hunchback? (laughs) (laughs) No, It's only when I visit. Oh, damn. Okay. The building has four stories, more than 20 rooms, they say close to 30, and 80 windows. It was built in the early 1880s. So... Way back when. When, not then. And during that time, Franklin Boulevard, yes, it was built for the street it was built on. They were freaking original. But it was one of the most prestigious neighborhoods. I wrote, halffalutin shit. Damn. (laughs) That was me. So it was, again, in the creme de la creme neighborhood. The who's who of Cleveland. They lived here, or they wanted to. But today, it's known as the most haunted house in Ohio. Oh, God. So, we're talking about Franklin Castle. Again, real original with the name. Like I said, it was built in the 1880s by Hannes Tiedemann. I looked that up for the pronunciation. Really hope I didn't fuck it up. He was born in Germany, then he moved to Cincinnati, and he went from, like, a barrel-making business, then he went to a wholesale grocery and liquor business, and eventually he made his way into banking. And that is when he became somebody.
0: You know what's crazy, too, is all I can think about is the liquor industry industry. And the banking industry all crashed Yeah, with Prohibition and then the crash of the stock market. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy how quickly it turned for them. Mm-hmm. Honest, he earned
1: a reputation as being ca- kind of like a bully of a banker. And so that started rumors that he ran his household, like, the Von Trapps. You know, like a tyrant. Yeah. If you don't know, sound of music with the little whistle. Can't whistle. Insert whistle. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So, yeah, he was like running a tight ship over there. So, once he completed, well, I mean, he didn't build up, but, you know, he paid someone. They all moved in. It was Hannah's, Louise, uh, his mother, Wybecca, and several servants. So, first few years, super happy. Everything's going good. Still making all that money. Happy-go-lucky. Several children were born, you know, so happy home. And then soon, darkness settled. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. On January 15th, 1891, their 15-year-old daughter, Emma, she died... And it Aww. was due to diabetes. Oh, God. hmm Then a few weeks after her death, his mom passed away. The cause of her death is unknown, but they kind of just said old age. Yeah. Then during the next three years, they would bury three more children. Oh, God. They died in infancy. <gasps> yeah. So with all the deaths... In the house, that's like five that we know of. They're like, something, something's not right. Like, how did five people die over, like... Three years. Yeah. Like, for real. So, there's just a lot of rumors. I mean, these people are like the Kardashians, so everyone is talking about them. So, with all of that, he started doing construction on the castle. He made the turrets... You know, the round mm-hmm. thing
0: that... I learned that from uh, the doll who shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. Robert. <laughs> uh, he said it. Our episode is now doomed.
1: <laughs> and if you're listening backwards, so, like, if you started here, forewarned, episode three, it's a doozy. But you do meet my boo. hmm <laughs> Danny. Yeah. Oh, Danny boy. So, the turrets, the gargoyles. Ooh. Mm -hmm. He put them everywhere, girl. And then he would start to connect some of the rooms together with, like, they call it networks. So, tunnels, secret passages. And then one, he did a ballroom on the fourth floor, and it basically runs the length of the house. Oh, God. Yeah. Nobody wants to traipse up to the fourth floor. Also, this reminds me of John List. If you have a ballroom in your house, I think you're doomed. So he has all of this new stuff he's doing. And they say that he did this to help distract his wife during her grieving and stuff, which kind of reminded me of the Winchester house. Mm -hmm. I mean, different, but you know what I mean. Like, always having something Something going on. Absolutely. However... Other people said that he designed these secret passages and stuff so he can commit heinous crimes. Of course they did. Right. So they said that could be including murdering his niece, (gasps) a servant girl, and even his own daughter, Emma. Oh. Without being detected. Yeah. So they said, like, oh, yeah, diabetes got her. But other people said...
0: Might not have been that. Also, though, I feel like that's part of the times how people, like, do that for stuff they don't understand. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, meanwhile, he probably didn't do shit. Yeah. So, then there are
1: others that believe that Louise actually created the passages so she could sneak past Hannes because he was so overbearing. hmm And so, she just needed to be able to go to room one, or room 30. And see her lover. <laughs> well, they didn't say that. Well, that's what they implied. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she wanted to sew. Oh, yeah. Her oats.
0: Mm-hmm. With her lover boy.
1: <laughs> or girl. <laughs> They're doing all that construction, making it more like a castle. So, like you were saying, the gargoyles out front, it looks like Prague. You know, have you ever looked at architecture from that and stuff. Well, that's what it looks like. Not not in my past time. It looks kind of like gothic-y. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, Louise, she died from liver disease mm. on March twenty fourth, 1895, at the age of 57. She's young. I mean, not for the times, but yeah. she's young. So, when uh, she passed, the word on the street was that her death was attributed to the curse. Like, because of all of the deaths in the house, they were like, that house is cursed. Or that he actually killed her (gasps) because, and, (laughs) sorry, because he remarried shortly after. So they're like, he killed her, and look, he didn't even love her that much because he married shortly after. Well, I know. Hey, I'm just saying, word on the street. What happened was, so after she died, he sold Franklin Castle and moved out, obviously. So his new wife is like, I'm not fucking staying in that death trap. (laughs) Yeah. So he sold it to a local brewer named Mulhauser. So when he moved out, everyone was like, all right, you know, like, whatever. We'll keep up with him. You know, because rumors got to be rumors. Mm Mm-hmm. However, in 1908, he died suddenly. What's sad is that his death brought the end of the Tideman family tree. Oh, because his entire family, including his grandsons, had all passed away before him. <gasps> Holy fuck! So his fortune was like left to no one in the family,
0: up and vanished like a fart in the wind. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs>
1: Like I had mentioned, that rumors were circulating. So it was hard to tell a fact from fiction. One legend tells of a bloody axe murder in the front tower room and then surrounding the ballroom and the hidden passageways. They say they led to secret rooms, and in one of those rooms, Hannes hung his 13 year old niece, or it could have been his illegitimate daughter. What? Her name is Karen, and they think he hung her from one of the rafters. And the reason was she was either insane or promiscuous. Which back then, it was like the same thing to them. Yeah. It was also rumored that he caught her in bed with his grandson. His niece? That's what it said. Or illegitimate daughter. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Also they say a young servant girl was murdered in the servants' quarters on her wedding day because she rejected his advances. I don't buy any of this. (laughs) Another version talks about a room where his mistress, Rachel, was tied up, gagged, and shot because she wanted to marry another man. Meanwhile, this poor guy's the nicest probably guy ever. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all the rumors about him. After he sold the property, it spent several decades as a German cultural center. So from
0: 1921 to 1968. Probably because the guy who owned it was the brewery guy. Brewery. That's really hard. (laughs) And like at the beginning of Prohibition, he had to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the
1: German cultural thing Really was the German Socialist Party. Oh. And they say that it used was used as a place for parties and meetings and then rumors quickly spread that
0: they were actually using the castle as like a spy. Oh well then center. I took all my stuff back. That's mm-hmm. probably true. <laughs> oh, Han Solo probably got a bad rap, but these people that's probably legit. <laughs> you believe this this house functioned with spies and all mm-hmm. this stuff? But he wasn't a murderer.
1: Right. Okay. Years later, they actually found a German shortwave radio that was hidden in the rafters. Oh, uh-uh. Right? All kind of spy shit. Mm-hmm. They said that an underground group of Nazis used the hidden passageways to, like, annihilate some people and stuff. And also, though, during Prohibition... They used a new tunnel that was constructed that ran from either the basement of the castle or from the carriage house all the way to Lake Erie. Because again, they'd have to get the Yeah. The alcohol out. Mm-hmm. So one story says that there were twenty Nazis killed in the house during that period from raids and things like that. Then after they moved out, the Germans, they rented the house out to different tenants also to help it not look so much like a spy headquarter, mm-hmm. you know. And they said that there was a doctor who lived there, and he was kind of like a mad doctor. Mm. And he would perform strange experiments
0: on, like, human body parts and stuff. Kind of like that German doctor that... Like, did all those experiments and oh, stuff yeah, 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 in World yeah. War II. He was, he was also on that asylum on American Horror Story.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Love that.
0: Well, not him. Just
1: that. That, that season. Yeah. Love the season. Hate him. <laughs> so, in 1968, James Romano, his wife, and their six children bought the castle. And it said for $27,500. Oh, my God. That's so cheap. Haunted. (laughs) (laughs) But Mrs. Romano, she said that she was transfixed on this castle for forever. Like before it went on the market. Okay, so she told a local newspaper later on, I went by the place and I kept looking at it. I was fascinated that the windows were so dirty. I just sat there and stared. Then I came back two or three times just standing and looking at the place. And I'd go into kind of a daze. So, when the castle went on the market the same day they bought it. Damn. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, does she choose it or did it choose her? Mm-hmm. The latter. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the same day they moved in, Mrs. Romano was like, okay, kids, go upstairs and play, you know? And a little bit later, the kids came down and they were like, can I have a cookie for my new friend? And she's like, who? And they're like, it's this little girl up there. And she's like, what does she look like? And they're like, she's in, she looks like old fashioned. Like her clothes aren't like modern. And they said that she had like an unfamiliar manner of speech. I mean, I'm sure that's not their words. But she oh, talked funny.
0: funny. Oh, oh God. my God. <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs>
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> that's funny. And she's like, okay, what is she doing? And they said, she's crying, so we want to give her a cookie. Aw. That's sweet of them. Right? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's a ghost. <laughs> so she follows the kids back up because she's like, all right, let's go give her some cookies and milk. hmm I did that backwards. Milk and cookies. Come on. No one says cookies and milk. I mean, you might as well just say, like, you all or some shit. Right. That's Changeling 101.
0: <laughs>
1: so went upstairs, found no one. Shocker. So little Dee Dee, that was one of the kids, she said that she heard organ music playing. No organ in the house. They heard marching in the halls. Those Nazi soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they would have voices, but then when they'd enter the room, it would hush. I'm like, they talking about you. Mm -hmm. They would hear sounds of glasses clinking on the third floor. And items would go missing, then reappear. In one instance, it was her asthma medication. Uh Uh-uh, those motherfuckers. I'm like, okay. Mrs. Romano, she said that two of her older sons, they were from a previous marriage. They eventually refused to even sleep on the third floor because they said something kept pulling the sheets off of them. They were getting tired of shit. So they called a priest and he was like, look, I can't do an exorcism on this house. Look, I don't want to. Shit is here. And y'all need to leave. He said that Mrs. Romano was getting possessed from time to time by the spirit of Louise. Damn. So she's like, all right. So they had... The Northeast Ohio Physical Research Society come out and they had the similar conclusion that Louise was the one fucking with Mrs. Romano and she's the one who got the brunt of it, which you'll hear later. So one of the team members also claimed that a cold hand clutched her neck Mm. like to strangle her. And that person is said to be like running from the house which reminds me of my bedazzled boo because, you know, they, they're they like, we're here for you, demon. And then, like, something happens and they're like. Scatter. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? You know? And I'm like, uh really? After, you're taunting a demon. Yeah. And after, like, what, 13 fucking seasons? Mm-hmm. You're still doing the same thing? I'm sorry. Grow some balls and not bedazzled. Ones. I was, oh, fuck, I was about to say it. They identified that the entity racing up and down the halls, marching, slamming doors, is that of the 15-year-old Emma. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they were like, look, the priest said this, and we agree, that you need to move out because they're evil and they don't accept you as owners. So they're going to keep torturing you and mm-hmm. it's going to get worse. One time they had three friends over and they decided to look at the third floor because that was the floor her two sons didn't want to go to. They heard all this shit. As soon as they went up the stairs, they're there and they have this like blanket of fog in the hallway, basically, mm-hmm. and it materialized right in front of them. So then one of them walked toward it and... And before she can get close, she began to lose her eyesight. (gasps) Then they, like, pulled her back, you know, like, what the fuck? Mm Because, you know, she's like, what the fuck? So they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Grab her. And she fainted. So they were like, for real, for real, don't go to the third floor. So they said, whatever was occupying the first two, the top two floors, so Emma, presumably... Wasn't, and I love how they say this, they weren't happy with just having those two floors. So, on Halloween, mm -mm, the phone rang around 12 a.m., woke up Miss Romano, Mrs. Romano, on the other end of the phone, a voice which sounded like it came from the grave. What is, I mean, really? And it said, can I sleep with you tonight? And... What she said that she thinks it is, is one of the ghosts of the dead children wanting some comfort. So, she, of course, screamed, threw the phone down, and she was like, I am never answering a call in the middle of the night again. I'm like,
0: "Uh, duh. Well, unless it's like her kids out about and need her help. Sorry about you. (laughs) Take that melatonin and I'm out.
1: (laughs) Besides, at three when I have to pee and I'm like, oh, fuck a demon. Yeah. So about a week later from that incident, Mrs. Romano was in a deep sleep, woke up, found herself in the middle of the bedroom floor. And she said that she was screaming so loud that she lost her voice. And that's what woke her up was the scream. mm -hmm. And she said that what she heard was someone that she could not see that was screaming with her. Okay. So they endured several years of this. Then finally, they decided to sell the house. So in 1974, it was sold to Reverend Sam Muscatello. And he was like, I am going to make this a church. But instead, he gave ghost tours. Oh, God. (laughs) Because he was, quote, unquote, saving up money to make the church happen. Yeah, right. Because apparently you need a lot of money to make a church. Or just open
0: the door, but whatever.
1: Yeah. So he's eager, looking for a little cha-ching, cha-ching. So he's like, all right, I'm going to invite some people from the media, do some walkthroughs, get it going. You know what I mean? I mean, he could have a marketing podcast because that Mm -hmm. seems like the thing to do. Well, during a live segment on Cleveland Radio, host John Webster, he had a tape recorder pulled from his shoulder, and thrown down a staircase. Now, why are you going to break it? Right? So, what John Webster said, he was climbing on the stairs with a large tape recorder strapped over my shoulder when someone I could not see tore the recorder from my shoulder. I just stood there holding the microphone as I watched the tape recorder fly down to the bottom of the stairs where it broke into pieces. What he came away with was a little audio snippet that he would play every Halloween. And in it, you can hear Webster conducting an interview during which an evil chuckling laugh could be heard in the background. And no one heard it at that time. Like, no one remarks on it. Yeah. And then one other time, during a taping for a local television piece, a crew member, Ted a Peckic, whatever, he witnessed the ceiling fan light spinning on its own. Oh, God. Which, I mean, it could have just been put up a little wonky because sometimes, you know, I feel like mine does that. So he began searching for those secret passages. Well, he discovered an old steel that seemed to be left over from the Prohibition days. And then he found behind a hidden panel at the tower, those turrets, Mm Mm-hmm. Tucked neatly inside was a pile of bones. It said it looked like infant bones. <gasps> they said it was like him putting them there to make it, you know, more scandalous. Yeah. Get that cha ching in. However, the medical examiner said, No, these are really fucking old. I mean, how's he gonna get an old fucking bones? Um, a graveyard. Well, okay, criminal. Um <laughs> my brain doesn't think that way. But so it's kind of like, I mean, you you either
0: believe him or you don't, right? But it could have been like an illegitimate child. Yeah. Or it could have just been another one of his children that had some chromosomal defect that yeah. they didn't understand back then that so they all died as infants, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so they just got tired of reporting it and put it in right. you know what I mean. Or it could have been from the mad doctor too. True.
1: Okay. So he of course was not able to make that successful and he of course did not make it a church. Passed through some some owners, no one stayed there long. Like, everyone, I think, stayed less than a year. Damn. Up until this guy named George Mercada? I don't know. He lived there alone during the week. Then he gave tours on the weekends. He was like, look, I don't believe this is haunted, but let's just see. So, he passed out cards, and he would ask them, write anything down you see that's unusual. Like, I want kind of proof. I want to understand this more. So, some spotted a woman in black in the tower room, a woman in white that would usually be going down the stairs. Some felt temporarily paralyzed on Mm. certain floors. And then some found themselves babbling incoherently. And a lot of people said they heard babies crying. Mm. They said lights were swinging back and forth. One woman complained of being choked in the tower room. Mm. And that is the room where they said Tiedemann's mistress was being was strangled. Yeah, that day that she wanted to marry someone else. So finally, after you know, people are like, "This shit's haunted." Mm-hmm. Then he started kind of experiencing some stuff. He was like, "All right, I'm going to sell it to." So he sold it to Michael Davinco in 1979, and his stage name is Mickey Deans. And he is known for being the last husband of
0: Judy Garland. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Judy Garland, who was also in A Star is Born. Yes. One
1: of the original, not the original, original, but.
0: Yeah. Full
1: circle. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. Every the time that he had it, he spent... 1.3 million dollars restoring it. Shit. He had some of the old furniture. He got even the old original key that still even worked. That's cool. But it was a pretty key. I bet so too. Actually, I bet it was freaky as fuck, like an old skeleton, skeleton key. key. Hey, who's telling the story? <laughs> me or you? <laughs> he also tracked down the original blueprints. So he had counted 28 rooms and 80 windows. However, you don't put secret passages and everything Mm -hmm. on the blueprints. Right. He was going to restore more, but I don't even know what happened. Probably he was like, This is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, this ain't worth it. Or he had something that he didn't want to tell about. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So Michelle Heimberger, she. Bought it for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Jeez.
0: Yeah. After he sunk a million, almost a million and a half in it, he sold it for three hundred thousand. Right. Ooh, some shit went down. He ain't telling. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, she bought that in cash. <gasps> Damn. From her Yahoo stocks. No. Yes. Give me all the money. Right. She could pay off my student loans. <laughs> So
1: she said that she had been wanting to own that castle since she was five years old. Because she was drawn to it, too. hmm And she said she wanted to make it a private home and maybe even a bread and breakfast. A bread and breakfast? Oh, fuck. You know I love carbs. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, forget the bed. Just give me the biscuits, the, bread, the gravy. everything. <laughs> I mean, croissant. So, she threw a castle warming party. (laughs) As one does. Yes. And she was going to finish restoring the castle. But in November 1999, a homeless man...
0: I feel like this is the beginning to Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Damn. Well...
1: There is... People do say they see this glowing flower. you a damn lot no, I'm of... just kidding. <laughs> so he started a fire. <gasps> that yep. jerk. And it swept over the castle, and all that hard work ru- was ruined. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to fix the roof. I'm going to fix these, this tower. I'm going to fix it. She fixed a little bit of it. Like, here's a Band-Aid. Here's a
0: Band-Aid. Then she's like... Mm- it's for sale again. <gasps> and she'd wanted it for all those years. Mm-hmm. Oh, some shit going down up at the castle. <laughs> okay. So then it had a abandonment issues.
1: <laughs> Don't we all. Right. Then they said, okay, I have to include this. In 2003, when we graduated, this land developer purchased the house. And he's like, I'm going to turn it into Franklin Castle Club. Cause that sounds awesome, and he like did pictures on a website, like these close-ups of all the shit that he was doing. Um, it was a hoax. <gasps> he had got those from different websites. No. Mhm. And what had happened was they were filming some underground porn. porn. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hello, Franklin Castle Club. That sounds a little seedy. And the man a little needy. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's now, like, I feel like no one lives in it, but it has been zoned into three different family dwellings. That's how big it is, that it could be zoned into that, so it's going to be attached, living, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Which is really normal for people in the city. That does not even, like, on property, virgins and shit, when they're Mm -hmm. looking at that, I'm like... $500,000? $500,000? Yeah. And
0: you're right next to someone. And you're sharing a wall with somebody? Yeah. uh uh-uh.
1: Ah. Uh-uh. Okay, so here's some of the hauntings. I mean, like, we went over the bulk of them. But, so, in the windows of the turret, they have claimed to see a woman dressed in black. She is believed to be the ghost of Rachel, who was the young servant that yeah. he supposedly murdered. According to the legend, in front of one of those windows is where he hacked her to death with an
0: axe. I thought she was strangled, like hung, hanged. No.
1: That was his niece or oh. illeg- illegitimate daughter. Gotcha. Apparently, he was the real H. H. Holmes. Okay, for real. Like, I mean, allegedly. Hmm. Well, I guess I don't have to care about his uh, family exactly. coming back. So, in the ballroom, you know, the one that's, like, the whole fucking fourth floor, mm-hmm. it said that a large blood stain still appears on the marble floor, <gasps> even though it was replaced about 30 years ago. What? Yeah. Whose blood? We don't know. They say either Rachel or his niece, because they were both killed on the fourth floor. Yeah, but what isn't his... Okay. His niece was hung... Hanged. Hang.
0: But, I mean... Okay. I don't know. But if he killed Rachel in front of the window, why would her blood be in the ballroom? Like, why would it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I have no idea. And if he hanged his niece, that don't make no fucking sense.
1: Girl, I don't know. So, there was a newspaper boy, you know, the one that said, Mm -hmm. throw your shit up. Well, this is a highbrow place. You don't just throw the paper. You got to deliver it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, he said that when he knocked on the door, a voice told him to come in. Once he was inside the foyer, he saw an apparition of a woman in white. She glided down the staircase and disappeared through a closed door. Damn. Of course, we've heard the children crying. That's everyone. Which, was that his children or was that that mad doctor? Mm. Because, you know... Other people have seen faces that seem to suddenly materialize in the woodwork. You know, because, again, this is highbrow, so it has all the... Yeah. But, you know, all the little intricate shit. hmm Again, doors and shit opening and shutting on yeah. their own.
0: I mean... Just it, regular old haunting shit. Yeah.
1: Cold spots. They say voices come in from inside the wall. Like, you can yeah. put your head, you know... Whatever.
0: Hark, who goes there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Some people say that Tideman himself can be sometimes seen at the park where he died, and they say looking to hitch a ride back home to his castle.
0: Now, how how you, know you know this. That? You like, don't. Come on. Making bullshit up. Mm-hmm. He said, <laughs> wait, I heard
1: there was a Franklin Castle Club. He said, hold up, what's this new Uber shit you got? Can I have a ride? <laughs> There's this man named Hans Holzer, and he is a famous ghost hunter. So he paid a visit to the Franklin Castle, not the club. He's the one who said that Karen, the 13-year-old girl, her death was made to look like a suicide in the third floor ballroom. Hmm. However, the ballroom was burned by that arson Mm -hmm. fire, but then rebuilt but there's no proof of this. However, that's when the tile got changed and it still has that stain that will appear. Interesting. On hauntedplaces.com, this was posted February 8th of this year. Heather Wright. this is what she wrote. So she said that she's always had a strange obsession with the house And, like, at nine, she was driving by, well, riding by, saw an old woman in black peering out the second story turret. Well, she said torrent, but it's turret. Sorry, girl. Then, as a teenager, she tried to, like, get into the house, couldn't get in. Then when she was 27, her dreams came true. And so she was given access to go in. So they happened to be running an EVP session outside the home, and she called an EVP of a German-sounding man, who she believes to be Hannes, and the EVP was clear, and it was him saying, get out of my yard. So there was a guy that was, like, by the gate. He walked up, and she was like, here, let me show you what I just caught. blah, blah, blah. And he was like, holy fuck, I don't even believe in ghosts, but that's mm-hmm. compelling. So he's like, well, you want to come back tomorrow, take some pictures inside, blah, blah, blah. So she did, and they got orbs, of course, some blurred figures. But as she was leaving, her shirt in the back was pulled by, obviously, an unseen force. So she also knew that the Tiedemann's Family plot was at the Riverside Cemetery. So, one day she's like, I'm going to find it. She drove and drove. She drove and drove around the cemetery. Could not find the plot. You know, she was ready to leave. Then she answered her phone. So, she pulled over to talk. Well, when she got off the phone, she looked through her passenger window. And she was in front of the plot. What? Mm-hmm. So, she was like, that house. That family. Like, I'm obsessed. I'm drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So, again, all of this is, is it fact? Is it fiction? Is legend just more juicier than reality? And some people say it's because he was a German immigrant that everyone thought he was harsh and all this stuff. And so they just had preconceived notions. Yes, I could not think of the word. Yeah. And so he, of course, you know, he had all this tragedy And it could have been just tragedy, or he really could have just been H.H. Holmes. (laughs) But you know what I mean? But it's kind of like signs of the times, like you said. Yeah. So who knows? But a lot of people have had experiences. So even if it's not murdered people or whatever, it still has a lot of tragedy there, Mm -hmm. a lot of emotion, and... That attracts spirits. For sure. So if you live in Cleveland, Ohio, go by the Franklin Castle. You may or may not see a woman in black in the window. Oh,
0: my God. I kind of want to go. Yeah. And by that, I mean I want to ride by. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of Ohioans. Is that what they're called? Sure. We have a lot of people from Ohio who listen. So let us know if you've ever been. Yeah, for sure. That'd be really cool. And if
1: you've had any experience, oh, my gosh, did you see the faces in the woodwork? Right. Or did you see the porn happening? Do you own the VHS? <laughs> All right.
0: You ready? Mm-hmm. I just want to give a trigger warning before I start that it does involve kids. <gasps> but it's not like it, it involves kids. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm going to... wait. D- are you doing? You're never gonna guess. I oh, never mind. Who are you gonna guess? The clown. No. Okay. I am doing Amelia Dyer. Amelia Bedelia. Mm-hmm. She was born the youngest of five kids. She was born like it was like just east of Bristol. I don't know where the fuck that is? Isn't that in that England? I think so. <laughs> and her father was a master shoemaker. Oh, like he was a cobbler. Yeah. Well and then I was thinking his name was Samuel Hobley and so I was like <laughs> Cobbler Hobley. He's a Hobley club cobbly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. So this was like back in early to mid eighteen hundreds. So funny that we both did stories from the eighteen hundreds. So she actually learned to read and write and she loved literature and poetry. But her, she had a rough childhood. Her mother had a mental illness that was caused by typhus. So when her mom, with her mom's mental illness, she would have these, like, what they called violent fits. And Amelia had to witness all of it and take care of her mom until her mom died in 1848. And this had, a, like, a huge impact on her, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So she had an older sister whose name was Sarah Ann who died in 1841. She was six years old. Oh. And then she had a younger sister whose name was also Sarah Ann, who died in eighteen forty five. And she was just a couple of months old. Gosh. She had a cousin who was a little bit older than her who had an illegitimate daughter who was later like accepted as the daughter of her grandparents. Which, you know, were her aunt and uncle. Because, again, think of the times. Like, it was not single mom friendly. So, after her mom died, she moved in with her aunt for a little while in Bristol. And got an apprenticeship as a corset maker. Ooh. So, when her father died in 1859, her oldest brother, Thomas, inherited the family shoe business. In 1861, she was 24. And she became estranged from her brother, James. And it didn't really say why, but she did. And then she got married to a guy named George Thomas. He was 59 at the time when they got married. And remember, she's like 24. Yeah. And so when they got married, they both lied about how old they were on their marriage license so that the age gap wouldn't be so That's hilarious. Yeah. He took 11 years off his age, and she added six. Hell, back in the time, I felt like it wasn't a big deal. I know. So after she married George Thomas, Amelia became trained as a nurse. And then she met and got in contact with this woman named Ellen Dane, who was a midwife. And she figured out, like, oh, God, this is a much easier life being a midwife versus a nurse. And so she was like,
1: "Mm, I'm going to do that. I mean, I don't blame you.
0: And so she started to use her own house as a way for young women who were pregnant with illegitimate kids Mm -hmm. to come and have their kids. And she started farming the babies off. And so back in the day, baby farming, like people would put ads in newspapers and... Reading between the lines, you could kind of guess what they wanted to do. So,
1: damn, it's like the original back page and mm-hmm. Craigslist.
0: Yeah. And so, it was a way for people to dispose of an infant that was either illegitimate or had some sort of disability. Yeah. So I was looking up some stuff on baby farming separately. That just sounds so bad. I oh, mean, it, is. it is. Oh, it is, especially this next part I'm about to read you. Oh fuck. This thing said that if a desperate woman could not find a midwife willing to smother her child at birth, <gasps> a baby farm where the child was drugged or starved was an alternative. What? Yeah, and so the thing is, though, is that some of these women were so naive that they thought that their kids were actually going to good homes. They didn't know that their baby was dying. So the women who were very naive, sometimes when they would have the baby, the plan would like be that when they were able to, they would come back to get the kid. Oh, you poor, poor little soul. And then a few weeks later, they would get a letter... Telling them that their baby had died of natural causes. Mm-hmm. And then it said that, like, sometimes the mothers would turn up months later to visit and the baby farmer would have just disappeared in the night. <gasps> oh, my God. I feel like this is an SVU mm-hmm. episode. I want to read you one, like, little of actual news. yeah, That says, married couple with no family would adopt healthy child, nice country home, terms... 10 pounds, I think. I don't actually know if that's what that symbol means. And then it would just say, like, where they are. Because this one's like Harding, Carib, Ships, Letter, Exchange, Stokes, Croft, Bristol. Okay, so that was for the people looking. No, that's a baby farmer. Oh, okay.
1: Damn, it fooled me. I thought it was people who
0: were like, hey,
1: just putting this out here.
0: No, a baby farmer putting that out, being like, I'll take your kid. Oh. Yeah. So a pregnant woman would read that and go, take it. Yeah. Of course I can't find this in my notes. That should be like one of my quotes. Of course I can't find this (laughs) in my notes. But I feel like at some point, like not long after she got married, I thought I read that she was pregnant, but her husband died. And so she was kind of able to do all this shit on her own. She was pregnant? I thought, but I could be wrong about that. From what I remember, she was pregnant and had a kid with her husband and then he died because he was so much older. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, fuck, I've got to make a living. How can I do this? I'll do this midwifery and (laughs)
1: midwifery. No, that's a real thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then turned into the baby farming. She was a hustler and then went down that wrong Mm -hmm. road. Back in the day. And like one of the things that happened was, there was a law called the Poor Law Amendment Act and what that meant was that it took any financial obligation from the dad's illegitimate children. So it helped to further stigmatize yeah. yeah. Mhm. The fuck? Yeah. So it was all the woman's fault and responsibility and so it further stigmatized and you know, perpetuated that cycle of... Yes. This... Because, uh, fuck that. I Like, even saying illegitimate child pisses me off. Yes. Because it's awful. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, if you... Oh, God. And so, because now the women have no leg to stand on to get mm-hmm. any financial help from the men, much less anything else. And so, it led to more and more... Baby farming. Yeah. Which is so bad.
1: But, I mean, back in the day, they're done for if they have an mm-hmm. illegitimate child. And women can't do
0: all the shit they need to do. Because mm-hmm. it's 1834 and yeah. they can't get the jobs. Ugh. So, and there's not, like, daycare. It's like there really is now. a
1: rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. It's, like, survive and have to do... Which... Like you said, some people really didn't think it was shady. They thought, right. oh, this is what I needed. This mm-hmm. is the best life for both of us. Others were like, whatever, mm-hmm. I need to move on from this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's survival Yeah. back then.
0: Yeah. And so, with the baby farming, it would either, sometimes that they would have to pay like regular payments or sometimes it would be just like a single upfront cost. And then a lot of times, like how she started out was she would provide lodging for the women while they were pregnant, and then they would give birth and leave. And so sometimes if the parents were well off and they just wanted to keep the birth a secret, sometimes it would go up to 50 to 80 pounds. Shit. And then, like, even more if they wanted to keep the father's involvement, hush, hush. So, like, if the man was rich and he wanted to get rid of his problem, Mm -hmm. they would charge even more. But if it was just women who were impoverished and, Mm -hmm. you know, couldn't pay, they would just charge them, like, five pounds. Well, yeah, because they're still going to make money off the baby. Mm -hmm. They're just. Or it's just five dollars or five pounds and then they kill the baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's a menial thing Uh to them. Mm Mm-hmm. They're just sticking it and getting a little cha-ching
0: when they can. Mm-hmm. And so they said that, like, for some baby farmers, like, to save money, they would starve the babies because they didn't want to pay to feed them. And then also it would kill them faster. Wow. And then they said that babies who were especially noisy or what I think of as, like, colicky. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really what they were, but they would give them what they called Rernitucin? mother's friend. No, sort of. Mother's friend was what it was called, and it was a uh, syrup containing opium. Well, Yeah. And so they would use alcohol, too, to sedate them, which, of course, killed so many kids. Like, you yeah. give a fucking kid opium. I mean, come on now. And you know they didn't get the dosage right. Oh, no. Fuck no. They didn't have Google back then. Everyone, do not Google that. And so, sometimes, like, when the when the babies would die of starvation, the coroner was likely to record the death as, quote, debility from birth or, quote, lack of breast milk. Or just simply starvation. Wow. And it was fine. You know when people say, oh, I wish I could go back then? It's like you read this and mm-hmm. you're like...
1: No I the yeah. fuck I don't,
0: yeah, you have like a ideal view of what it was mm-hmm. actually like when it's, it's not very romantic it's it's all, not all mm-hmm. pride and prejudice no, and so the other thing too is that again, with so many of our stories, when you have people who are taken advantage of when they are considered like of a different lifestyle Mm -hmm. or whatever, they're not going to go to the police. So, even the mothers who came back to check, and they were like, um, where the fuck is my kid? Right. They wouldn't go to the police because they're too ashamed. Yeah. And they would be looked down upon, or nobody would believe them, or, you know, all of that. Okay, sorry. Here's the part I was not remembering. She did leave nursing, Amelia, when she had her daughter, Ellen Thomas, and her husband, died in 1869. And so that's when she started the baby farming. So she advertised to nurse and adopt a baby in return for like a one-time payoff and adequate clothing for the child. Mm-hmm. When she, like in her, like through the advertisements and through the meeting of different clients she would make sure that they knew that she was respectable and married and that she would provide this safe and loving home because she still had to pretend like her husband was alive because it looks poor on her and it's like her husband fucking died like it's not like she's an old maid and even then now we're like hello i'm an old maid who gives a fuck you know i mean there's a fucking game for it i mean everyone wants to play it I mean, I really do. I love that game. I don't think I've ever played it. Did you have a fucking childhood? I mean, yeah, I feel like I did. A pretty good one, I thought. Mm, Survey says no. (laughs) You know what? My parents didn't surround me with that toxic masculinity (laughs) raise me to be an independent fucking woman.
1: And yet, here we both are.
0: (laughs) So neither one of them fucking worked. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I got the memories.
0: I mean, I got good memories, just not that game. Okay, so in 1872, Amelia married again. She married William Dyer, who was a laborer from Bristol. They had two kids, Marianne, aka Polly, and William <laughs> Samuel. But she eventually like left her husband. i be they didn't get a divorce because hell right. error. It's 1870 something.
1: Well, and Um, she's good
0: at lying, so she it didn't matter what her home life was
1: because she was going to lie about it anyway. Touche.
0: So, at some point, like, during her career as a farmer, she was like, this is too fucking expensive and too fucking time-consuming to let these kids die just from neglect and starvation. So, she started to murder the kids, which I feel like it's all murder, but you know what I mean, like, murder them versus just, Neglecting them and letting them starve. All right. So, at some point, too, this was like in like 1979. 1979? 1879. Sorry. I, mean, I was like, damn. She no, a sorry. vampire. She's been sucking their <laughs> fucking blood. Like- she found the fountain of youth. No, sorry. 1879. There was a doctor who was sh- pretty sharp. And he was like, um. <laughs> pretty sharp. Like. Hold up. A lot of these fucking kids are dying, with her. Let me uh, let me check into this. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up being arrested.
1: Oh fuck! They were like her midwifery is—is is that what you said? Mm-hmm. It's not up to par. It's bunk. She has a faux midwifery. I'm going to use that all the time. Midwifery. <laughs> Did not know that was a real thing. You
0: know why I know? Call the Midwife. Mm-hmm, Love that fucking obsessed. show. If y'all don't watch that show on Netflix, get it. They probably still don't know because I was talking over you the whole time. Oh, it's okay. Call the Midwife. Good show. It's on Netflix. It's a British not drama, I guess. But it's about midwives and nuns who are midwives. Um, I'm sorry. It's about midwifery. 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 Fuck.
1: <laughs> I was trying to church it up.
0: <laughs> she making it plural. Um <laughs> But from, like, the 1950s and just, like, in a poorer area in London and all the different things they have to go through, dealing with people from all aspects and socioeconomic backgrounds, it's really good. No baby farming. Absolutely not. Okay. So, the doctor busted her, and instead of convicting her of manslaughter or murder, they were like, "Mm, how about you do six months of hard labor? Oh, Lord. Just for neglect. And so... She goes to, of course, like this awful labor camp thing. Does this right. hard labor, which like almost destroyed her. Which, sorry about you, right? So she gets out, and she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go back to this whole thing." And so <laughs> I'm gonna go back to doing, yeah, exactly what she was doing because, I mean, why not? She got she yeah. didn't get to go to jail for murder or manslaughter. She went to jail for fucking neglect for six months. It wasn't even jail; it was labor. And so what she would do was. When she felt like she was, like, starting to get noticed, she would go into a mental hospital and say, like, she's suicidal or whatever so that she would get, like, attention off of her for the kids. And it would be, you know, and it would be like, oh, well, she's just crazy. Man, fuck her. I know. I know. She used to be a nurse in an asylum. And so it said that she was, like, basically kind of knew how to fake it, and she was mm-hmm. comfortable, you know, in an asylum when she was there because she knew the lay of the land. You know, she knew what she was doing. She you knew know, what to expect.
1: That reminds me of Ed fucking Kemper being yeah. being a resourceful damn motherfucker mm-hmm. and using it to their maniacal... Advantage, exactly. ...midwifery. <laughs>
0: Watch me be wrong this whole time, and it's not a word. (laughs) Every time Will edits like a ding-in, like. He just comes over and he goes, idiot. And so I'm going to assume because she had a little bit of a soul at this point, she started to become a heavy drinker, and she was using the opium, that she would use to on the kids. Like, she started using that herself. And I like to choose to believe it's because she had a smidgen of a soul, but I don't know. Uh, She didn't. So, in mm, 1890, she cared for the illegitimate child of a governess. And when the governess came back to visit the child, she was like, "Mm, hold up. And so, she, like, immediately stripped the baby to see if the birthmark was present, like, on its hip course it wasn't and so she went to the authorities so what does amelia do oh i'm having a breakdown oh my gosh and she drank two bottles of something mother's helper mhm laudaninum i don't fucking know if that's right probably butchered that as a i mean what does she know she's just a fucking doctor who you oh no, that kind um <laughs>
1: A doctor? <laughs> who? who? Um, I'm just looking at a fucking diploma up here that says you are not that kind. Also, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but let me Kanye West you for a second. Okay, she's literally even holding her hand up like that asshole. <laughs> I think she did not have a soul. But why she was drinking and doing the opium mother's helper thing? is because of that hard labor you said it like almost broke her true and so she was like oh my god my life is so hard oh they won't ever understand you know like how i've st- suffered how i've struggled like it's all on her true. and that's she's why, the victim
0: yeah that's a good point i like that good insight thank you ding 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 not an idiot <laughs> So she drank those two bottles of that medicine. I don't know, and they say that that was like a, a for real suicide attempt this time, not just like a, hey, I want to get away from this and go mm-hmm. to an asylum, but because she had been a substance abuser, <laughs> not what I'm like abuser. Oh fuck, Bueller, um, that she had. <laughs> People might not know how we
1: do that word. We associ- just Oop. yeah, it's just word like
0: association. A crazy if it sounds even remotely the same, <laughs> just yell it. So she had such a tolerance built up to the opium that she survived. So what's one to do after that? Well,
1: I, was, I thought you were going to parlay that into your speech about medication, like that. Don't abuse medication because then when you need it, it's not going to be effective.
0: I don't want to get on that high horse today. I was going to say. I mean, I might have just heard it a couple of times because. No, really my high horse about that is finish your fucking antibiotics. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. No, I know. I'm just saying. People got to do what they got to do with drugs. Yeah. No. You know what I mean. Like, no, no, yeah. Well, like ibuprofen or something. Yeah, 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 But you fucking finish your antibiotics every damn time. Everybody, you heard me? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get that daflucan. <laughs> Y'all know. <laughs> okay, so what I was gonna say was, what's one to do after a suicide attempt? Go back to baby farming. She's like, "Well, hell, I'm still, I'm still here. Hell spells and puppy dog tails." Okay, <laughs> so she realized her issue that she had before, and was like, "Okay, no more fucking death certificates, no more doctors, no more death certificates. I'm gonna get rid of this shit myself." I don't know why she didn't before. I don't... Maybe she wasn't as smart as the doctor.
1: I guess so. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that's right, but... Um,
0: yeah. Well, okay. So, she she and her family would move all these different places all the time. Because, again, anytime there would be remotely any suspicion, she'd pack up and move. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, she would, like...
0: Was a minimalist? Because packing and moving? Uh, Moving? No. Look, this this house, I'm going to die in it. (laughs) Because, just kidding. Hopefully not tonight. Or or I'm going to have enough money that I pay fucking movers because I don't want to do this shit ever again. Right. And I even want to be able to pay them to pack it and unpack the shit for me. Oh, for sure. Because, and we have to do it for you in a couple of months. Oh, for sure. Can we hire it out? If you pay. I ain't got no money. Okay, so in 1893, did I get that one right that time? Mm-hmm. Okay. She was discharged from her final commitment in the Somerset and Bath Lunatic Asylum near Wales. This, this cracked me up that this is the quote that is like, unlike previous breakdowns, this had been the most disagreeable experience. And so she never entered another asylum. <laughs> okay. So two years later, she gets an associate who was named Jane Smith, who went by Granny.
1: Okay. You know she on the down low. Mm -hmm. Jane Smith and then, like, AKA Granny. Right. That's very. I mean, she got, like, two
0: down low names. She double deep. Okay. So, Amelia had met Granny when they were both in the workhouse. Oh, she's an upstanding citizen. Uh Uh-huh. And so, okay, at this point, her daughter had gotten married, you know, Polly, had gotten married to a guy named Arthur Palmer. No, that's, I was like, it's not a drink. (laughs) That's an Arnold Palmer. Okay, so, because Amelia was very persuasive, obviously. She hadn't gotten this far in the baby farming without being. And so she had talked Granny into, when they were meeting, like a potential Pregnant lady, that she would refer to Granny as mom, so it would make them look like they were a mother daughter. Duro, Duro. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, Hallelujah. <laughs> Medea jumped out of my mouth right there. But so they would look more trustworthy. I'm sorry, tangent right here. I mean, it's just like a break in time.
1: You said Hallelujah for a star is born. shangela is up in there. Mm-hmm. And me and Tiffany slapped hands. Like we were so giddy. So, if you watched RuPaul's Drag Race, you will enjoy scenes in that movie. Okay, and uh,
0: hallelujah, go. All right, picture it. You picturing it? I am picturing something. January, 1896. Okay. Evelina Marmon, who was a 25-year-old barmaid, very popular, she gave birth to a daughter named Doris. As both of our families say, Darce. Yes, and of course, well, not of course, but the daughter was, I even hate saying it, but illegitimate. So Evelina placed an advertisement in the Bristol Times and Mirror newspaper, and it read Wanted respectable woman to take young child because her plan was to have the baby, go back to work, and then get her kid back. So interestingly enough, right next to her advertisement was. Married couple with no family would adopt healthy child, nice country home, terms, 10 pounds. So, Evelina responded to the ad to a, quote, Miss Harding, a few days later, and Miss Harding, a.k.a. Amelia, wrote, quote, I should be glad to have a dear little baby girl, one I could bring up and call my own. We are plain, homely people in fairly good circumstances. I don't want a child for money's sake, but for company and home comfort. Myself and my husband are dearly fond of children. I have no children of my own. A child with me will have a good home and a mother's love.
1: Okay, well, um, if she wants the child back, I'd be like, no, that girl wants to keep it.
0: Yeah. Well, and so Evelina was like, Look, I'm going to pay you, like, a weekly fee to take care of my daughter. But Miss Harden was like, no, no, no. Just give me a one-time payment in advance. And so, Evelina was so broke. And she was just like, okay, you know, I'll give you the 10 pounds for this week. And so, when Amelia got there to get the baby, Evelina was like, oh, God like when she saw her and realized how old she was and you know just wasn't what she was picturing this couple to be you know mm-hmm. catfish mhm but amelia was affectionate towards doris and so she was like okay gave her the baby gave her a little box of clothes and the 10 pounds she was just so upset that she like even went with them a little bit on their trek cuz she oh, just gosh. didn't want to leave her baby and so, a few days later, she got a letter from Miss Harden saying that everything was going well. And so she wrote back, but never got a res- another response. Wow. So after she got the baby, she did not go where she told mm-hmm. Evelina she was going. So when she got to her house where her daughter was staying with her, she got some white edging tape used for dressmaking wound it twice around the baby's neck, and tied a knot. What? And then Amelia later was like, quoted. Like, why? She later said, I used to like to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it was soon all over with them. And so then it's reported that both of the women, I mean, you know, Amelia and her daughter Polly, wrapped the baby in a napkin. They kept some of the clothes and then tried to pawn the rest. She, listen how shitty this is. Amelia paid her rent, gave her landlady some of the baby's clothes for the landlady's little girl. Whoa. So then the next day, so this is another child named Harry Simmons was taken. And so. Well, bought. Yeah. So they were out of the white edging tape. And so they took a length of the whatever around Doris's body and strangled that 13-month-old boy. Holy fuck. So then the next day, both of the bodies were stacked into the carpet, or, you know, into a carpet bag, sorry, with bricks. They went to a secluded spot and threw the bag, the carpet bag, over the railing into the Thames River. Okay, so I will say that some of the stuff that the dates were weird, like, some stuff said that they dumped the bodies on April 2nd of 1896, but then the next part I'm going to tell you, it said that it was March 30th of 1896, so that doesn't make any sense. But a bargeman was on the Thames and found a package of a carpet bag. He like, ooh, what kind of treasure I got.
1: Don't <laughs> even laugh because you don't like that movie. I don't know what movie you're talking about.
0: Y'all cannot see my face. You can't think of the name of it, can you?
1: Oh, Brother Where Art Thou?
0: Oh, no, that's a fucking stupid movie.
1: It is not. It is good.
0: No, it's really not. Okay. So, she did not She did not weight the package down enough. They found... In the package, the body of a baby girl that oh. they identified as Helena Fry. And so, when they found the bag, they noticed that very faintly had a name. Oh fuck! Miss Thomas, and it had an address. Shit. So the, the the address took them to Amelia Dyer, but they had no evidence connect her. So they put the home under surveillance. They realized her history of disappearing or like moving towns or pretending to be mentally ill, that kind of thing. And so they were like, "Okay, we're going to use this a young woman as like undercover decoy." Oh
1: shit! It's a sting operation. Mm-hmm. Damn! They had fucking surveillance, a sting operation. Yeah, this is awesome.
0: So when Amelia thought that she was going to meet the decoy, she like opened her door and it was detectives. Ooh, to catch a predator. Boom. Mm-hmm. And so now this says that it's April 3rd, which so again it's like well, I don't know what those dates are, but this is Good Friday, which oddly enough, my last story had to deal with had to do with Easter. Damn. Um, so anyway, cops raided her house. They as soon as they walked in, they were hit with the smell of decomposition. Oh, God. They couldn't find any human remains, though. But they did find the white edging tape, telegrams about adoption arrangements, pawn tickets for the clothing, receipts for advertisements, and letters from mothers asking about the well-being of their children. Wow. Why do people keep this kind of shit? Because they're dumb. They're criminals. They're dumb.
1: Again, I'm thankful that these people... Are stupid and get caught. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, this is why she really was not doing maniacal midwifery. <laughs> like, she needed an evil genius.
0: <laughs> okay. So, the police, through their calculations, figured out just in the few months alone that she had been Miss Thomas that at least 20... 20- kids had been in her care. Oh, fuck. And then they figured out that she was about to move again. And so, they, on April 4th, they arrested her and charged her with murder. <laughs> Mid, I don't you, know how
1: I said that. You a
0: murder. Look,
1: they, they charged her with murder.
0: My redneck flew out my mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what you
1: sounded like, too? Like, how you did your D That blood. (laughs) Yes, I
0: love that video.
1: (laughs) Blood.
0: Her son-in-law, Arthur Palmer, not the drink, was charged as an accessory. And so they dredged the Thames River and found six more bodies, including that of Doris Marmon and Harry Simmons, her last victims. Mm -hmm. Each of the babies had been strangled with the white tape, for which she later told the police that that was, quote, how you could tell it was one of mine. Wow. hmm Fuck. So, it was only 11 days after Evelina gave her daughter to... 11 days. Mm-hmm, that her daughter had been found, murdered, found, and they, like, had figured out through some documents that they had found at Amelia's house who she was, and she was... Able to identify the remains of her daughter.
1: Oh my gosh! And again, she's frowned down upon. Of course, the uh, people are like, "You
0: shouldn't have gave your daughter away." But it's like, oh no, fuck y'all, y'all don't. If you if that's how you feel, you don't understand life, right? But it's like, but you sir are the reason why I had to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like ugh. because it's. In this time, and even still now, in some instances, it's the woman's fault. She shouldn't have gotten pregnant. She shouldn't have been promiscuous. She shouldn't have done her she-shed by the (laughs) she-shore. Somebody done
1: burned down my she-shed.
0: You know, versus it being both of their issues Mm -hmm. or, you know. And so, it's, girl, don't even get me started. Right. Well,
1: you know, usually it's like if someone, if you say, so-and-so hurt me or they raped me or whatever. It's like, well, what did... Or they hit me. Well, what did you do to them? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, fucker. I'm telling you what they did to me. I did not ask for this. Right.
0: Like, fuck you. Sorry. You're fine. So, Amelia basically confessed. And so, they dropped the charges against Arthur. Because they were like, we really don't have any evidence. And... That, that he and Polly were accessories, which they had to have been. Like, how would yes, they have not known? A fucking family affair. Mm-hmm. And so... How wrong is that? Her whole family helped her. But that's the thing, though. That's how it always is. Yeah. I mean, think about the Toy Box Killer. No, I know. Yeah. So, on May twenty second, 1896, she pleaded guilty to one murder, that of Doris Marmon, her only defense that she offered was insanity, that she had been committed two different occasions. Mm-hmm. But the prosecution was able to prove that her, quote, mental instability was all part of her game. Yeah. The jury only took. <laughs> you ready for this? Four and a half minutes. Whoa. To find her guilty. Well, yeah. Yes. Okay. So. In three weeks in a cell, she filled five exercise books with her, quote, last true and only confession. Oh, Lord. A chaplain came to see her the night before her execution and asked if she had anything to confess. She offered him the book saying, isn't this enough? So, okay, they were actually going to try Polly, and she was set to be... Like, she was subpoenaed to be a witness in Polly's trial that was set a week after her execution date. <laughs> like, um, I don't think this shot at work.
1: Um, I will pencil you in, but I don't think I'm going to come haunt y'all right now.
0: Yeah, right. But, okay, so because once she was sentenced to death, she was legally ruled dead, like, before she actually died because she was sentenced to death. And so, like... Damn. All of her evidence was inadmissible. So they didn't delay her execution because, I mean. She did. Yeah. So, on right before, like the night before her execution, they dropped the charges against Polly. And then Amelia was hanged at Newgate Prison on June 10th, 1896. Legit, like a month and two weeks, six weeks after she was. Arrested. Wow. And when she was asked if she had anything to say, she said, I have nothing to say.
1: Well, obviously you said something that so
0: jumps on you. Five fucking books worth. She was known as the Ogress of Reading. And there was a popular ballad about her. And the words were, The old baby farmer, the wretched Miss Dyer, at the old Bailey, her wages paid. That's where she lived. In times long ago, we'da made a big fryer um, and roasted so nicely that wicked old Jade. So clearly, they're not poets. No, so I mean, fryer and dyer worked or whatever. But so they had made adoption laws after, like her conviction and all, because the best guess is that Amelia Dyer killed more than four hundred children. Oh, oh, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And so, adoption laws had been changed to try to get rid of these baby farms. You know, they had been focused more on finding these ads in the paper and stopping it, but it still continued. So, two years after her execution, railway workers were inspecting the carriages at Newton Abbott. And they found a parcel. Inside was a three-week-old baby girl. She was still alive. Oh, my God. She was the daughter of widow Jane Hill. And the baby had been given to a Miss Stewart for 12 pounds. Who was Polly. She had picked the baby up at Plymouth and then dumped the baby on the next train. Wow. And it's believed that. Miss Stewart was actually Polly.
1: <gasps> I have finally fucked yours up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. But also, that's
0: very sad. Yeah. And, wow, what a legacy to leave. I know. Okay, two more things real quick. Okay. So, the only, like, for sure identified victims were Doris Marmon, who was four months old, Harry Simmons, who was 13 months old, and Helena Fry, who all we know is that she was less than one year old. Oh god. So because she was alive and killing when she was some people believe that she is actually Jack the Ripper because they say that it was actually sex workers that were killed through botched abortions and oh, not fuck. Yeah. Damn. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But of course, there's no evidence connecting it. Yeah, but that's just... I mean,
1: she loved the throat stuff, though, too. Yeah,
0: so that was just a little conspiracy.
1: Oh, I like that little nugget you dropped.
0: I'm dipping it in my sauce. <laughs> Honey mustard or barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> barbecue and soy masala Oh, so that's that. What did we learn?
1: Don't have a baby. It's a trap.
0: <laughs> Stay away from the kids. <laughs> no.
1: Either way, I mean. You fucked. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least the once. <laughs> no. It, well, yeah, kids are fucking... That's my number one. Kids are fucking hard. You know, in the first story, they're, they... Well, in both stories, they passed. And it's fucking sad. And yeah. And it's like every... Like, I don't know. Kids are just hard. I know. Parents really are super strong. I know. They go on so little sleep. Mm. You know, I had a patient the other day that said something about something about you having six kids and they were like close to my age and I was like I don't even have a fucking dog right I can't even I don't even have a dog. (laughs) Much less six kids. I haven't felt good for the
1: past like I don't know week and having Marley at points when I don't feel good I'm like how do parents do it? I'm like I have no energy to play ball with you. I have no energy, you know. To, to even get
0: your food out. Yes. And Much less take care of a fucking child. Right. I Especially single parents. Yeah. I have no idea.
1: So, kids are hard, but parents are awesome. Yes. Two, don't believe everything you hear. Oh, for sure. Because in the first, in my story, all the rumors.
0: Oh, my gosh. You know. He probably was just, like, this poor Tortured soul. Unfortunate soul. Little Mermaid shout out. <laughs> um, because I'm Ursula. Say, I was going to say, don't say Little Mermaid. I mean, give Ursula her due. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I'm fucking yeah. Ursula. But he truly was probably just this poor, tortured man who lived this awful life. Mm-hmm. And then it's compounded by the fact that everyone it makes up stories in ways so that they can process the grief, too.
1: Yes. And just... All the other owners too, like I don't know, just nothing was face value for them.
0: And in your story, hello, uh, you know what? You know what? It would be a good thing too. If it's too good to be true, it is
1: too yes. good to be true.
0: That's number three. Okay, I like it. Yeah, number three. Too good to be true. Is too good to be true. Bye. Yes. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true on anything nowadays. Back then, like seriously. You know, because when it's too good to be true, you have a
0: gut feeling mm-hmm. of, shit, this is too good to be true. Why is this four-bedroom, 20 to 30-bedroom, <laughs> or four-story, yeah, 20 to 30-bedroom house, $200,000? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's fucking haunted. It's haunted. It's got a curse. All your plants will die. All your... <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I kill plants. But, you like, it's... It, there's something yeah. shady happening about why you got all this house for so cheap. You, or it just doesn't have an elevator. I mean, right then I'd be like, oh, I'm take
1: 100000 off of that then. I'm
0: out. No. <laughs> Four stories. um, No. And then you put the fucking ballroom on the third so all the guests have to be schlepping up the fucking <laughs> stairs. No, thank you. Ugh. And then with my story, not I hate to say finding the easy way out, but... The best way that they could yes. with the situations that they were in. But, well, yeah, it is too good to be true. Oh, somebody's going to take care of my child for 10 pounds. Right. Like, And I realized that that is probably every single cent of money that they had. Yeah. Or pound or whatever it is, whatever their small <laughs> one is. But it's still too yeah. good to be true. Well,
1: here's the thing on that. So, here's the thing. Let me tell you everything. Okay. For your story, it's like, I mean, yeah, they were up uh, the people who had to answer these ads. Mm-hmm. They, they had, n- every choice was a bad choice for them because of society and yeah. everything. It wasn't like.
0: not. You're not saying like all of their choices in life are yeah, bad choices. Yeah, I mean, like, like they had sex. That's not a bad choice. It's just. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, girl got to get some sometimes.
1: Right. I mean, a little booty call never hurt anybody. Mm -mm. But back in the day, it did because they'd be like, oh, she's not Mm pure. Even though that man has already fucking fucked everybody. Uh But he's cool. She's not. Right. Anyway. Okay. But for that, it's like in your head, you're like, okay, I can't take care of this kid. No one I know can take care of this Mm -hmm. kid. This person said I can pay, like, I will save up, pay this person. Sounds lovely. It's like Anne of Green Gables Mm -hmm. sounding shit. And it's like, I will do this. This baby will have a better place. But if they would think about being too good to be true, Mm -hmm. the people who write those ads, Mm -hmm. they are not the people who... Are going to have this marvelous life. Mm -hmm. It's people who are going to do dastardly things. Mm -hmm. Now, not so much killing the child. It would be human trafficking. Absolutely. And that's brutal. Mm -hmm. And very sad. And we cannot end on that. What we can end on is 13 days of Halloween still going on.
0: Yes. By the time y'all hear
1: this, we will be. Don't ask me what day. Math numbers. It's
0: 2018. That's we'll be like three days into it. So three doors down, them two, and so you'll be getting some stuff. Yes. So if you want some of the extra bonus content, we're gonna again just like we've been we did today because this was the first day in real time. Yeah. You know the extra bonus content was available to everyone, but there are gonna be days that it's only available. To Patreoners, so if you want to get all the extra bonus content, check us out on Patreon. It's available for all tiers um, Mm -hmm. of patronage. Yes. Halloween merch, check it out. Do your thing. Halloween merch. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I need that as my fucking ringtone.
1: (laughs) That is... Hello. Can you do that? Hello.
0: That's what you just did.
1: I... No, mine's bad. I was asking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) New ring cone. I mean, you know what? Patreoners, you might be getting a treat. Nah, (laughs) if Will can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Will, no pressure, but everyone heard. (laughs) (laughs) Secretly, though, he's like, and erase that. (laughs) Here's your copy. (laughs) Oh, anyway. Remember, creep it real and don't Don't get get scared.